Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome to the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. We are coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at JWright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller is producing the program for us. We're glad that he is with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist to the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He is on Twitter at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. <laughs> Jeffrey, it was another bleak one last night, sports wise. Uh, I couldn't believe it. I after doing the exercise the night before of like, eh, let's see what's on. Let's see what's on the sports channels tonight. I believe we we just straight up had an ESPN Ocho event. Yeah, they've been doing that on. ESPN News has basically been running Ocho programming uh, mm-hmm. for like the last week or so, but I presume now it's bled into like ESPN Two, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we had some baseball, but um, it was. Uh, I went to Barbie. Okay. I, that, I I I fought fire with fire. Okay. Well, thankfully today's a little better. It's the start of Memphis football practice today, Jeffrey. That's a that's a nice that's a nice one to have. Uh, okay, it's, all, it's always I, nice I, on the first day. I understand the sentiment, but it's not something for us to watch. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's true. The problem is not necessarily I don't feel like we've had a, a ton of problems on things to talk about. The problem is we haven't had a lot to watch recently. So I guess the big question is then of the day will they will someone live stream the the Memphis Tiger basketball game down in the Dominican? It sounds like it's actually gonna be a like an atmosphere. Like there's like it's like a seven eight thousand seat we, arena. I, have we gotten confirmation? I keep hearing conflicting reports. Muns, who I trust mm-hmm. wholeheartedly, mm-hmm. said that on Monday no stream. Now on the Tiger Facebook group, you're there's getting rumblings of a there's rumblings of this. There's going to be some sort of live stream that with a link sent out at some point by um, Memphis, I believe. It wasn't just a random Facebook post. It was a Facebook post by one of the board members of the Rebounders. Okay. Okay. Who sent out 
a message saying the, the director of op- basketball operations, Garrett Kelly, had said they're going to set up a stream and they'll send out the link it's whenever they get the link. Um, as of 2 o'clock, we're about four hours from tip. No link has, at least as far as I know, no link has been sent out for that yet. Um, but maybe there will be a link to a stream of this game tonight between the Memphis basketball team and the Dominican national team. Okay, in the spirit Santo Domingo. In the spirit of Wednesday, which is buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit, buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit, if indeed that stream exists, it has a 100% chance of crashing. Well, that's the big question is, like, what's the Internet situation at this arena? Because that's, that's what's going to determine Well, really, this. the question is, it's not even necessarily the Internet connection. Like, usually most places have a strong enough connection. It's the Dominican Republic, though. It's a, you know, like right, this- but usually the problem is never the Internet in the building. Like, this building hosts events. Like, they, mm-hmm. they, they have strong enough Internet. But it's if it's the, sold out. Well, no, the question for me is, like, the servers that are running the stream. Mm. It's not the Internet in the building. It's... What kind of traffic can this thing handle? Because well, we saw Tiger basketball fans. Was it the UCF game? Yeah, I think it was the UCF game. We crashed the ESPN Plus stream. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so, oh, here we go. From Jason Munns himself, actually. Um, if you join his text group, you would know this. Uh, his commercial appeal text group. I just group. text him. <laughs> well, to the to the listeners. Um, there's going to be a stream on YouTube and, okay. uh, there's a link. If you go to go tigers, go.com and right, it's I'll a retweet that now is and it it's a stream. It's not a stream from Memphis. It's a stream from the Dominican like basketball federation. Okay. So, um, I believe there will be a link on the go tigers, go.com webpage to the, to the live stream. So, so you will uh, be able to appears to watch tonight's game. I'm on the school website. That link is not up. But again, if you if you're gonna want to stream the game, I can I can tweet. Uh, I can. Do you have the link? Okay, yeah. never mind. Uh, Drew Johns just uh, tweeted at us. Yeah, here we go. Uh, the Memphis basketball Twitter account just put it up ten minutes ago. Okay, there you go. So there is indeed a stream of tonight's game. So we got something to watch. Thank you to Drew John. John excuse me, Drew Johnson. I hate. I freaking hate. The new tweet deck is awful. <laughs> I haven't, it is just I haven't had a terrible. switch over yet. Uh, but yes, you mentioned well, earlier because you have a PC. Ah, uh, yes. It's fine when I'm in the in when I'm in the producer's booth because we have a PC in there. It's the mm. same thing I'm used to. But when I use my laptop, because I'm part of a cult with Mac. When you've seen they're changing, it's not going to be a retweet anymore. It's going to be a repost. Mm. Have you seen that? Okay. Yeah. Everything's a changing, but uh, you know what hasn't changed? It's by sell short or go to Reddit Wednesday. We'll talk Memphis basketball, Memphis football. We'll talk the latest in conference realignment, John Morant. Um, we've also got David Cobb joining us from CBSSports.com later this hour. The list next hour. Uh, Jeffrey will take you home because I'm going to head out to Memphis football practice. Um, so uh, exciting uh, day on the show. I'm not saying – we're jonesing for real football, but Gabe yesterday put up a tweet. He had the he had the coach's copy mm-hmm. of a Wisconsin play against uh, your beloved Wolverines, mm-hmm. and I didn't see it until this morning. And I spent like twenty minutes texting with Gabe, like trying to discuss like what was the what was the scheme because it was kind of a gadget play. I think really what we bo- what we kind of bottom lined it was. To act as if it was a certain type of play, like a scheme play, 
is absurd. It was pretty much just a trick play, and the fact that a Wisconsin trick play was still a run was perfect. Mm. Yes, you need football. Yes, you need football. You know, we, we need- had, listen. We had good. We had good discussion back and forth mm. because he has. He obviously knows way more about offensive line play, and I was trying to explain to him on the the action of the quarterback would have said what like what they were trying to fake and whatnot. It was it was a great collaborative effort, Mark. It was a holistic approach, much like the Grizzlies front office and coaching staff. It was just holistic. We really worked together. <laughs> Let's work together on some mm. buy sell shirt or go to Reddit. It's that time on 92.9's Giannato and Jeffrey show where we either buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. All right, Jeffrey. The news that has been that has been broken here in the last hour or so on the conference realignment front is that now after days of focusing on the Pac-12 and Big 12 and the wobbling Pac-12 and perhaps the Big 12... Uh, Kind of scarfing up the re- you know what's valuable or or scarfing up the bit pack twelve essentially. Um, we get- yeah, I don't know if it's fair to say what's valuable, but taking the kill shot. Yes, um, we get news today first from Dan Wetzel, uh, but now subsequently from others and somewhat and basically confirmed by the Big Ten itself um, as of today. The uh, Big Ten has begun exploratory discussions on uh, potential conference expansion in light of uh, in light of what's happening in the Pac-12, and specifically considering whether they should add Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and or Cal. Um, so another kind of so- huge, and subsequently. Um, uh, Jason Shear, who you referenced yesterday of the 24-7 sports site for uh, Arizona, mm-hmm. uh, this dude, George Klyavkov, asked for another meeting, and four of the schools at the, original me- at the original meeting scheduled one with another conference. Yes, and the Big Ten has subsequently put out a statement since all this reporting was put out there. Um, quote, the Big Ten conference is still focused on integration of USC and UCLA, but it's also the commissioner's job to keep conference chancellors and presidents informed about new developments as they occur. Uh Uh-huh. So, um, Uh, I actually, so here's, I'll say this though. I think that the issue that the big 10, the political issue that the big 10 is going to have to deal with is not necessarily dealing with how current member schools feel, uh, Apparently UCLA and USC wanted to be the West Coast presence on the Big Ten yes. in, for the Big Ten for recruiting purposes and whatnot. And so I think this is a USC feeling management. Um, well, here's my buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit for All right. you. The Big Ten is about to expand because of the Pac-12's impending demise. So that that kind of takes in two things. One, it's you agreeing. It's you. If you're buying this, it means you're buying that one. The Pac-12 is about to dissolve essentially, or this is we are watching the demise of the Pac-12, which. I think people are leaning that way, but still hasn't officially happened yet. You know, we still uh-huh. have to. Uh, <laughs> and then you are also you, you buying. Did see, you did see the the tweet of Klyavkov tried to have another meeting today. Uh, he, he said he wanted to have another. They didn't say necessarily today. But, yes, he wanted uh-huh. to have another meeting. Um, no, the meeting was, I think they wanted to have another meeting today. No, the reporting was not necessarily. They, they, they were planning to have another meeting. And I think what Shear's making fun of is the fact that, like, 
you're right. They haven't actually planned a day for the meeting, mm-hmm. and yet they did. And they took meetings with other conferences. But you're also buying though that the Big Ten is going to respond immediately to this and expand. Like they're that's what because some of this, based on Wetzel's reporting, almost feels like the the Big Ten's kind of like, well, we don't want to add them, but like, you know, you know, we'll feel bad. You know, if the Pac-12 is really going under, you know, we can't just leave them hanging out there and let someone else get them. So I think. I think that's probably fair. I Whether or not it's true... It seems like a weird reason to expand. I don't think the Big Ten wanted to be considered predators, and it was not for altruistic reasons. Here's the reason. Even though they were already predators last year. Correct. I, I don't think they would have been... And also, Mark, that was a previous regime. It's a previous administration. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, different, G, uh, different commish. I do not think it was for altruistic reasons. I do believe, though... The Big Ten was fearful, A, for what I just mentioned. They're trying to, listen, you have to treat USC, you really have to treat USC oftentimes like it's a spoiled 11-year-old. Mm-hmm. And also USC is clearly the biggest haul you could have in expansion. So you do have to be cognizant of their feelings. They made it clear that they weren't keen on the idea of Washington and Oregon Maybe down the line, but not yet. Yeah. So you had that. But the real reason that I believe that they were not trying to not be predators is I don't think they wanted litigation from the other, from like a collection of Pac-12 leftovers. Mm-hmm. And I also think that might be why you're also seeing Stanford and Cal. Cal more so than Stanford. Cal because... The UC system, which runs Cal and UCLA, remember how they had to put up kind of a political fight about, like, no, you can't let well, UCLA go. And, and the thought is, is that if you add, if you add the four of them, you can truly have a West Coast flank, and you can really sell to TV networks. We'll have like that, you know, we'll have all these TV windows, correct? Because you'll have enough late night games to to stock it for a full season if you have six teams on the West Coast. Correct, and the other aspect of this, which is kind of we we mentioned this on the program, if indeed they take these teams, it appears that they are they will not be getting the U, the USC UCLA treatment of welcome welcome here you're a full member. They're going to get more of the Maryland Rutgers style, where they basically have to pay their way in. But if you're one of those four schools and you're sitting there and you're told that you're going to get a TV deal, and they come and say, how about streaming? Uh, you will now, you have more, you're still going to have probably double the amount of money that you would have had at the minimum in, in the, if they would have stuck with the, with the Pac-12. Um, and then you've got this other side story going. There's a Florida State Board of Trustees meeting today that a lot of the quote-unquote insiders seem to think is of a you know, of some importance in terms of uh, there's some uh, the 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 uh, the tension between Florida State and ACC, the ACC may be bubbling up again. Uh, yes. So Andy Staples had uh, the publisher of War Chant, the I think it's the On Three site, the very influential. Like longtime recruiting site, whether it's on three or whatever, yeah, it's yeah. been around forever. War Chant, War Chant was and an like independent when I was, site. Yes, when I was covering the ACC, like Ira is like you know he's been covering Florida State forever. Yeah, twenty some odd years. So 
he had an interview. It was with the, the was it the president or the AD? It was the chairman of the board of chairman trustees. of the board. And I have never heard in my life someone that is in that type of position speak basically so openly and candidly about like we have to leave. Well, that's kind of what they did 10, 12 years ago, too. And then it all ended up being talk. Like, ultimately, like the board, there were like a couple board members who were really like, we got to get out of the ACC. This is like not a good place for us, whatever. This is not a good place for our football program, blah, 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 blah. And then it never, nothing ended up amounting from it. One key difference than Mm -hmm. the previous time. Mm -hmm. This is not a situation, this is not a situation where, the ACC can actually like make deals that keep up that world. The SC, the difference between the SEC, the Big Ten, and the ACC at that point was negligible in terms of yeah. in terms of TV revenue. Now we are in a world where the Pac-12 could not even get a television deal. Oh, they could. Oh, yeah. No, right. they could not yeah. get a television yeah. deal. They got a streamer. Mark Ross Dellinger did a fantastic job. You haven't read his story. I tweeted it out this morning. Mark, they reportedly went back to NBC a third time. Yeah, I saw that. And NBC said, "We're good. We're good. We'll spend seventy-five on We're going to spend seventy-five million dollars. We'll spend eight on, billion on, seven, on the big. We'll spend eight billion on the Big Ten. Yeah, we're going to spend seventy-five million dollars on seven Notre Dame games. We're going to do that. <laughs> I mean, it. The story was great from this sense in that it was a really nice timeline. Like Ross did a good job laying it out. So, so are you buying? Oh yeah, buy a thousand percent. Now the Big Ten, the Big Ten. See, I think they should. I think they should 100 take Oregon and Washington. I'd be careful taking Stanford and Cal. I would want to make like I think there's better value out there if indeed the ACC could be coming apart at the seams a little bit here. With like, I think there's opportunity there, like for the Big Ten. Wouldn't like? I don't think that I. I get, I'm not saying Stanford and Cal are valueless because you get the Bay Area with that and. Stanford is, you know, a prestigious university, especially. And Cal Berkeley is one of the, you know, nation's best public universities. And, um, but, you know, my eyes, if I'm the Big Ten, are on, like, UVA, UNC, um, those those types of schools. Maybe, Maybe Duke. I don't know. I feel like Duke, I don't know. And Notre Dame, too, especially. Yes. I still think, though, what these moves signify to me is that they're eventually going to go to 24. Well, no, what these moves signify to me is that amongst administrators, everyone believes that Notre Dame is going to get the deal done with NBC. Mm-hmm. And if Notre Dame indeed gets the deal done with NBC, they'll stay independent. They're going to stay independent because even though it feels like they are at the biggest disadvantage for the playoff of anyone almost. Even more so than the group of five. Yes, because they they get to operate like a big boy. They're gonna have playoff representation or whatnot. Even if they're not in a conference, like still- look, if they're a one loss, if it's a one loss Notre Dame team, they'll be in the twelve team playoff, right? Yes, I think that's. But they, you can't win. But there's literally I mean, you can make the argument it's probably a two loss Notre Dame team. Then you think so? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In a twelve team. In a twelve. Yeah. Team? Yeah, two law. You think two ten and two Notre Dame? Yeah, ten and two Notre Dame gets in. You said gold helmets, right? But they're only get. They only have six spots in which to grab because they can't be one of the conference champions, and they're never going to get to host a home game in the playoff, as it's currently written. As it's, 
Yes, it's well, as currently written and devised by their own AD. Mm-hmm. He was part of the process. Uh-huh. Warbrick. Yeah. So I get what you're saying in terms of if you're hunting for value, mm-hmm. you're probably not taking these schools. Mm-hmm. I also think, though, at this point, you're now also thinking kind of big picture. And big picture is, okay, we don't necessarily care about the football brands of these places, but we probably are going to need to structure some type of Western division for all other sports yeah. for travel purposes. Yep, that's why I'm buying it. Um, it was inevitable. They needed a Western flank once they decided mm-hmm. to take decided to go after and got USC and UCLA, whether they will, whether those schools wanted it or not. And then the other part of this is like, especially with like Oregon, like, you know, all the biggest schools in the big 10 are Nike schools. Mm-hmm. You're telling me if Phil Knight gets really gets involved in this, those, those big, those schools in the big 10 are going to be able to say no. I, I doubt that. Yeah. I mean, I also think that uncle Phil probably played a pretty big role in this. <laughs> I think I will give, well, if it's going to happen. It's it's just explore. This is preliminary. Okay, Jeffrey. let's. This is very preliminary, according to the Big Ten. Uh huh. And that would bring me to my next point. Was this not predetermined? Like you know what I mean? I, to a certain degree, does this not feel like uh, everyone knew inevitably what was going to happen? They had to figure out how to do it, and the collateral damage is going to probably. What? It's probably the Pac-12. It feels like, by predetermined, I think what you mean is like the moment Texas and Oklahoma went to the SEC, that was, it, it, right? That was when everyone was like, oh, this is what we're headed towards. Yes. that That's what it, it, I don't know if it's predetermined. It does feel like, though, for whatever reason, reason we waited three years to do what, to do what was really I think ultimately, because- uh, ultimately going to happen as of three years ago or right. whatever and it was when Texas the, and Oklahoma the, decided to go to the SEC. And that's my point. It got messy, and mm-hmm. so then you had to have risk-averse executives trying to navigate this, and it took them a while. But now, to me, like I, I, I'm writing off the Pac-12. I don't know if the name sticks, whatnot. Yeah. But that's... No, it might be like... The Mountain West takes on the Pac-12 brand Correct. type of thing. Yeah, you know, and, and, right? and by all means, have at it. Yeah, like, um, that could be what it. But yes, you're right. It'll be if it's the Pac-12. More than likely, it appears headed to be the Pac-12 in name only. Correct. Washington State and Oregon. I mean, honestly, you know, we talked. We've talked about it in the past. Like some of the losers of conference realignment. Like I think you could argue the one the round two years ago with the Big 12. Memphis was the big loser in that round because Cincinnati, UCF. And Houston all got the call up, and Memphis didn't. In retrospect, it feels that way. Like that um, last round. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it wasn't it wasn't a huge round of realignment that time. But like, but like, I think SMU would feel the same way. But I, yeah. I I'm saying you're right. Yeah, you're right. SMU I mean, too. You know, again, we can nitpick about what would be the better value. But yeah, I mean, but to me, the there's no question. And then like Washington, prior to that, like Washington, you know. You know, like SM, or uh, you, uh, Southern Miss was has been a loser in all of this. Ultimately, yeah, but they also they also made bad choices. Yeah, and I will give Southern credit. UConn thus far, I know they've rebounded. You know, they, it seems like strategically speaking, going back to the Big East was the right move. But like, let's just not ignore the kind of 
no man's land they were in in the AAC. Like they were losers in this. Oh, I along I, the way, I one hundred percent agree because. I mean, in, in the end, they basically got... They were in the Fiesta Bowl. Well, and they were they were headed to the ACC until the politics of Virginia yeah. bumped them out. Yes. Um, and now it feels like this round, Washington State, Oregon State are going to be the losers. I think that's probably fair. They're going to end up in the Mountain West. I, and, I think that's probably fair. Yeah. I mean, the only case that you could possibly make is if indeed... Like, to me, like, this is the next question. How much time does the ACC have left? Mm-hmm. Is this, like you said, is this more bravado from FSU? I tend to think it's not. I think that I think that there's now, I think there's now an understanding like this piece of paper is probably not going to keep us from. We're not going to. They're not going to stick it out through twenty thirty six. No, yeah, no, like, not it, that. But it, I, I think I, I still, I still the marriage, the marriage is over. Like you can. Like you can stay together until the kids get out of high yeah. school, but the marriage is That's over. That's what it is. It's they're they're still gonna live together for a little while. Longer, yeah, but oftentimes what happens is the plan they is they may be sleeping in separate rooms. Well, oftentimes the plan is when they graduate high school and then like junior year comes, they just decide they can't stand each other anymore. Yeah. And they split up then. They're telling NC State that they're sleeping in separate rooms because mom snores Correct. or something. Yeah, and we gotta keep <laughs> listen, listen. Florida State snores. Okay, I'm sorry. We and, need to be in separate rooms. And right Clemson's now. like it's not, it's, we still love each other. And Clemson's like alertly doing like the we're gonna let Florida State be the bad guys. By the way, we agree with them. Um <laughs> like they're doing that move. Yeah. So now the question for me though becomes it, you are right. Those other schools, like the the seven that have done this like breakaway group, they're really they're letting Florida State take charge. On this. They are in the they are like Phil Mickelson with Liv. Like, like he is taking all those bullets. One hundred percent. So the reason why I was saying you might, if you're if you're the Big Ten, you might have to just end up taking Cal and Stanford no matter what. The same names that I've been hearing for the SEC for like 10 years now, mm-hmm. all of a sudden those names are back in play. And maybe in the end you're not you end up taking Stanford and Cal because Maybe you can make the pitch to North Carolina and to UVA that that wins their hearts, but you're also going to have to deal with the messy politics now of if you're going to take these four these four new teams and you're not going to give them a full share. Well, you're probably going to get into a bidding war with the SEC, where the SEC is going to sit there and go, "We'll give you the full share of mm-hmm. seventy million," and the Big Ten is going to have to sit there and go. Is Legends and Leaders good enough for you for forty five million? Yeah, it's uh, it'll be fascinating to see. But the ACC, how this all, if you, I am a Memphis so you think, fan, you think the ACC in your next, mind, you're next. You think the ACC is vulnerable? Oh yeah. Okay. Um, no, but you've the said, only thing keeping the ACC together right now is a piece of paper. You've said though, you feel like Memphis might have a shot at being like the. Whereas there's not going to be much, much, much scraps left of the Pac-12. Feels like there could be more scraps left within the ACC. I think it's entirely possible you could have scraps such as uh, Virginia Tech. That's not bad. Pitt, Syracuse, uh, BC, Georgia Tech, NC State, Duke, and then Miami's kind of a I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, my Miami feels like Miami's aspirational. I just don't know. Miami's doesn't have like a strong enough political like 
wing to sit there and go, like, you got to take us. And then let's say you added Memphis. Maybe SMU. Well, you had South Florida to take a, you know, to replace, you replace a Florida with a Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Memphis, South Florida. Eh, I guess it could work. That'd be a 10 team league. Maybe you add a couple others from yeah. somewhere. I don't know where else you'd add them from. Yeah. Where else it'd be. But to um, me, that's the best shot right there. Yeah, maybe get UConn if they really wanted to join an actual league, but I think they'd probably end up staying in the big. I think you big could East talk. You, I think you could talk UConn though into the ACC, especially if it has like Syracuse, yeah. Pitt, Boston College. Like you get back some of their traditional rivals. Yeah, and it, the administration, whatever that ACC league is going to get, it's more than what they're getting right now, and that's probably an easier sell to their and travel wise for Memphis. It'd be. Significantly better, better. Yeah, it'd be a much better sell. So, um, well, but I feel, that still feels a years off to me. I, th- I, I do not think so. Really? I, I'm telling you, the, the, the winds are changing. Would that league, how good would that league be considered in football? In basketball, it would be a pretty good league. You'd have Duke, Memphis, you know, like ultimately like Pitt, Syracuse, um, NC State and Virginia Tech have all had recent success. You know, by, by recent success, I mean like tournament teams. I think ultimately, it's, I think it's that'd be a pretty. And then it's football, not as, it'd be you know, a Wake Forest would probably be in yeah. that league too, right? When you have Wake yes. in it too. Um, I think in terms of football, they're going to be behind what is the Big Twelve. It'd be better than the AAC, though. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It'd be a lot like the old Big East. Yes. You know, like where, like, they yeah. they were considered a Power Five, but they more often than not, they'd make the BCS one uh, of those. They, they were a Power Five when Miami had 58 first-rounders on a team or Virginia Tech had Michael Vick. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let's shift gears locally. Uh, Louisville also, we forgot them. Louisville. Oh, yeah, Louisville would be in it. That'd be a pretty good conference. It'd be a pretty good conference. I just think I think what you're about to see though in the ACC this year, football wise, mm-hmm. uh, there's going to be like two good teams, one maybe like Miami. Who knows? Like they, Miami certainly got the talent, and then the rest of that league's going to be like doo doo. Well, the question, their question is, would the Big Twelve try to poach the ACC, those remnant schools, too? Like, would they I mean, want Virginia Tech? Would the, they want Miami? Right, the, would they, you know, the like, question, I, I think they might. I mean, the question becomes how locked in, how locked in is that TV deal? You're presumably going to be getting, like, FSU, Clemson, when these schools leave, they're not leaving for nothing. Like, even mm-hmm. Texas and Oklahoma are paying the Big 12 to leave. Mm-hmm. So you're not leaving for nothing. And the question is, is it written into that new TV agreement? Like, this is still locked in for 2036, and while it's not satisfying to Florida State, Clemson, Miami, and those schools that have football aspirations, but it's still more, it's what, 35, I think it's 35, 36 million? Still 5 million more a year. 32 million, right? It goes up. Uh, I think it, 30, it starts at 31, 32, and then it 32 goes up. 32 is the Big 12. Oh, excuse me. Okay. And I think this one's 35 or 36. Gotcha. So as long as you can keep that same number... Yeah. You're probably saying, well, yeah, just stay here. All right. We mentioned at the top of the show, it's the first day of Memphis football practice. One, do you think this conference realignment stuff 
will die off? Like, will it overshadow the season this year? Um, well, I think the question is how much of it gets how much of it gets solved Between before now, the season. My assumption is some will, but not all. Like, like for instance, I do think we're going to get a set, you know we're going to find out whether those four corner schools are leaving the Pac-12 between now and the start of the year. I don't think we're going to get closure on this Big Ten stuff. I think we're getting closure on the Pac-12. I suspect we're not going to get closure on the ACC. If they want to leave for next year, they have to tell the league by August 15th, Mm -hmm. so two weeks from yesterday. So if we get past that. And then I think that's just going to be this giant cloud looming. What, What is the future? Like, you know. You never think it's going to happen to you. And the ACC, I feel like, spent probably, in my opinion, far too long thinking this grant of rights was like some bulletproof vest. Mm-hmm. And I've always believed, because I've watched the sport my entire life, like, these are not... It's it's always bizarre to me. People that are in their everyday lives, probably pretty, pretty good business people, when all of a sudden it's about their football team, like, they're just not rational actors. And they don't behave that way. And they sit there and they just go like, damn it, we're not gonna let this happen. Like we're not gonna we're not gonna fall behind by a billion dollars to a school that's in our state. Well, and I think an underlying question taking this whole issue locally with Memphis is, you know, how invested will fans be willing how invested can you get fans in a product when you're still on the outside looking in and in a conference that's slightly worse than the one you were already at, you were try, already trying to get out that's of not, before. Uh, it's more than slightly worse. You yeah. lost yeah. You lost 3 of the most significant programs you've had in the league history. Okay, sure. I mean, you've had two No, no, so- no I think you're I mean, listen, you took a step back. It's very yeah. clear. Until proven otherwise, you took a step back. You have the only the only G5 to ever make the playoff that left. You have a national champion in mm. the playoff era that left, and then you have the rich school that underperforms. Yes. I mean, I believe until until Tulane made it last year, other than the year Memphis won it, those three schools that left were the three schools yeah, that represented the AAC in, in, every, uh, every, in autonomy yeah. bowls or whatever, and every year one of them made the New Year's Six. Yeah. Um, until last year. Memphis, was the only, Memphis yeah. and Tulane are the only others – that have represented the league before this. But, um, you know, like how, what will it take for people to get invested? And I still believe that there is enough heat left in the league that if you're good, people people here in Memphis will be invested in it. Like I think if you're still, if you're challenging, if you're in Memphis football and you're challenging for a conference title, I think people are going to be, I even though people are talking down on the league and, I guess I guess rightfully so. I think it'll be compelling enough that people will be very interested in it if you can put a good product out there. And so the buy sell sure to go to Reddit for day one of Memphis football because ultimately that's what that's what the season's about for Ryan Silverfield and company. But like put actually put a compelling product out there. Um, and instead of going like wins whatever we can do that later on as we get, proceed through the next month or so. But buy sell sure to go to Reddit because he's like the only guy who feels like he's returning for Memphis at times when you talk about the team. Seth Hennigan will be an all-conference player this season. Okay. So Year three for Seth Hennigan. I believe one they of the – They only do two teams, correct? Uh, I be- I think so. Because if I get the cop out or they do a third team, then I'd take it. Mm-hmm. 
But if it's first or second, I think I'm going to short it. Mm. All right, here's the reason why I'm going to short it. I The presumptive favorites are Michael Pratt and Frank Harris. Mm-hmm. Yes, we only have two teams. There's an honorable mention, but there's not a third okay. team. And honor, we're saying for this, the honorable mention. Honorable mention, yeah. that's not, we're not counting honorable mention. All conference. Okay, here's the biggest reason that I'm shorting it. I can very much envision a world where the Tigers are in the championship game. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to... I don't have you to just squint. Yeah, I don't have to reach into my imagination to get that to get that scenario. I do think though if they're going to be better, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be more game managing Seth rather than Seth mm, making a less is more type of deal. Correct. And then the on the flip side, I can also imagine a world where like would I bet that both favorites make first and second team? Probably not. I, again, I've, I'm on the record. Like, I need to see Tulane do this again before mm-hmm. I just like blindly believe that they're going to be the class of the league. However, both of those guys are going to have, I think, overwhelming numbers. Like Harris is always just going to have great numbers, and Pratt is just such a utility weapon, legs and throwing. I think the version that I see of Memphis being really good is more elite game manager from Seth rather than, all right, Seth, here's the ball. Go play. Yeah. It's interesting. I haven't fully fleshed this out, but I was looking it up last night. Seth Hennigan last year had 146 rush attempts, 446 pass attempts. Mm-hmm. So he either ran the ball or threw the ball. Did you do sack adjusted? Uh, I just went with whatever CFBstats.com had for rushing attempts and passing attempts. Um but that's like 592 times where he either threw the ball on a play or, you know, ran the ball on a play, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what to make of this. Like, it was less than, you know, it's less than the elite quarterbacks in the country. Um, it's a lot more than his freshman year when he, I believe, uh, for, you know, it was over 100 more times, attempt, 120 more attempts than the year before. Um, so to, you know, and I don't know what to make of that yet. I'm still like kind of going through it, you know, going through it, sifting through it. But, um, I just want the team to be good. So I'm going to buy this because if Seth Hennigan's all conference, it means the receivers worked out. So it means the O-line worked out and it means they're good. And that's, you know, I'm hopeful they'll be good this year. And I'm not sure, you know, like I think the UTSA guy is really good. I've never like Pratt is I, I've liked Pratt, but I also think he benefited from having an NFL running back on his team last year. Yes, um, and I think that there's there, a scenario. How many runs did you say? Because he had 34 sacks last season. 146 is what. So it, 113, 113 rushes, like true rushes. 113 true rushes. Yeah. Okay. So um, I don't know how that compares to others, but I think he can be better if you look at his numbers last year. He was fifth in the AAC in yards per game, sixth in QB rating, eighth in interceptions thrown, fourth in completion percentage, fourth in yards per attempt, and uh, fifth in touchdown passes among 
AAC quarterbacks last year. Like, he was a middle-of-the-pack AAC quarterback, ultimately. Like, a high end of the middle of the pack, but still middle of the pack. Yeah. And um, I think he'll be better than that, and uh, there's going to be a lot of new quarterbacks in the league, and he's one of the few returners. And I think... I. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna go with I'm buying that he's gonna be an all conference quarterback. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, David Cobb joins the program. We'll talk more about conference expansion and more about college football with David next, right here on Giannotto and Jeffrey, 92.9 FM. Yes. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. David Cobb writes about college football and basketball for CBS Sports. He's on Twitter at David W. Cobb. Cobb, are there riots in the streets of California at the potential demise of the Pac-12 right now? <laughs> uh, no, it's actually dancing on the grave of the Pac-12 here in uh, the Los Angeles metropolitan area where UCLA has unveiled their uh, official countdown clock today. Mm. Uh, but you got to wonder, uh, do they feel like their thunder is being stolen if Cal and Stanford and Oregon and Washington also end up with an invite to the Big Ten, which all of a sudden seems like a possibility. I think you have to you have to convince yourself, even if even if your thunder's been stolen a little bit, those teams are not likely to get into the Big Ten with the full share. You get to be a full member. I think that's what you hold. Like you know mm-hmm. what I mean? They they're just a you know the country club. They're just junior members. You're a full member. You've got voting rights. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, they were the, the first, the pioneers. My my whole thing in this saga today with the Big Ten potentially exploring that possibility of adding four more teams from the Pac-12, right, is this idea that they're hesitant, the Big Ten is hesitant to be uh, the big bad wolf who inflicts the death blow on the Pac-12. 
give me a break. If you, they're the ones who started this by going out and getting UCLA and, and USC. And now apparently the only hangup is that they don't want to disrupt the Pac-12. Cobb, 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 as I told Mark, that was the previous re- administration. Yeah, come on. Previous different regime. Commish, different commish. That was You're Kevin right. Warren's Big Ten. Yeah. You're right. I mean, that is a distinction that needs to be made. But uh-huh. Yeah, this, sure. You've gone this far down the road. Uh, at this point, it's uh, it would be silly not to, to continue on with that. I, look, okay, so I read this article in the L.A. Times today. Um, I think I'm out here. I've, I've got a digital subscription and whatnot, and, you know, they they try to this like guy being great, great news. That's a that's a great newspaper the, alum right there. Communist gets Times a, gets a subscription to his local newspaper. Commie, Cop. is that what we're going to call him now? So Cali Cop, Commie Cop, right? And I still have my uh, my CA digital sub as well. There uh, we go. You, there we uh, go. But anyway, the, this whole premise of the story was like how you UCLA and USC are preparing to join the Big Ten one year out, and a lot of it was uh, quotes from non-revenue sports. Uh, hypotheticals on what it's going to look like. And I came away from this story thinking this is so stupid for everybody mm-hmm. other than football. It's, it's a stretch even for football with all the traveling and the time zone crossing and, and everything like that. It's absurd for, for every other sport. And if there's some way, and I'm sure the Big Ten is starting to realize that, and, and if there's some way they can make it a little bit more sensible uh, by adding some other West Coast teams, it's not like Oregon is close to L.A., but it's a lot closer to L.A. than uh, Piscataway, New Jersey is. So I think it does make some sense geographically. Are you turning your attention to the ACC? Well, uh, there's a lot of buzz, isn't there? I mean, uh, that, well, currently, currently the Florida State president, Rick McCullough, is in front of his board of trustees uh, saying – I believe you can uh, also watch this on YouTube, I think. Yeah, yes. say, saying – Florida State is facing a quote, ex- quote existential crisis because of these other leagues making way more money and right. saying quote obviously we are not satisfied with our current situation hard for us to figure out how do we how how we remain competitive unless there was a major change in the revenue distribution within oh my the God. ACC. He went full Arizona. I think yeah, he did he isn't that the the Robins uh he, listen guys we've money- explored every possible option that you can imagine. We continue to explore all of those options. Wasn't it Robbins that said, you know, if money, listen, guys, if money were no were no consideration, we'd be right here in the Pac-12. That's the same thing. Yeah, the Board of Trustees uh, chairman for Florida State was on last night with one of their, their fan sites, uh, War Chant. I mean, really in-depth discussion about it. And there's no doubt in my mind, uh, coming away from listening to that, that Florida State is is – going to every extreme possible uh, to find an exit, to find a way out. And they don't want to land uh, in the Big 12. They want to land in the SEC or the Big 10. That's where the money is. That's where Florida State feels like they belong financially. And so, yes, there are going to be further dominoes that fall as a result of this. Some of those could be ACC losing members and then trying to add members back. And I think, I think where the dust settles on all this, is with four conferences that comprise the, the power structure. It'll be the power four. The Pac-12 is about to say it into oblivion, which, frankly, I mean, the writing has been on the wall for that for 18 months now. Um, it, it's been relatively apparent that, that, that it was going in this direction. And uh, it's just it's just happening a little bit faster maybe than, than we anticipated. We have, by the way, our money quote, our official money quote. This is the one that's going to make every story 
uh, Rick McCullough, the Florida State president, I believe that Florida State will have to, at some point, consider very seriously leaving the ACC unless there were a radical change to the revenue distribution. There's your money quote. All right, so Cobb, let's, let's take that quote. That's either, to me, one of two things. That's either a statement of, hey, boys, FSU is open for business. In the now, sense they also of, did this in February. Now, or that is the, you know, it's a threat to the ACC. You got to start, you got to start doing the, you got to start paying us more because. Well, they're already doing merit-based payouts now. A little bit. That, a little, that's yeah. A little bit. I think what Florida State wants is for their uh, TV revenue. I think they want for every bit of TV revenue in that league that gets paid out to the school to be the, the, like the same percentage of the overall athletics department budget. So the, the hypothetical that they're, they're, the chair of their board was using last night was, well, uh, $40 million a year from the ACC is great, but that's only a fraction of our $140 million athletic department budget. There's some teams in our league that only have a $70 million athletic department budget, and that 40 mil is well over half the pie. So he wants the, everybody's pie to look the same, which at Florida State is going to mean a massive increase in, in, in payout from the league. But the thing is, they are trapped. Like They can blow the smoke all they want to, but they're only out right now is an eight-figure uh, buyout uh, because of that grant of rights that runs through 2036 in the ACC. So that's the problem. They, they, they really are trapped. They've looked at every possible uh, out. In, in that ACC grant of rights, and I don't think there's an easy one. So they have to find not only a new conference, but one that is willing to um, help them financially get out of it. That means they can't go on a on a half share or, as you say, Jeffrey, a, a junior membership mm-hmm. to the Big Ten because they need the money uh, to, to get out of the ACC. And if they're only going to be making $20 million per year more in a new league, it's going to take them uh, 20 years to, to pay out you know what they owe the ACC. So it's uh, – it's it's a tough situation for FSU. Do we really believe it's going to be an eight figure payout? To me, like that's to me like that's the starting of a settlement. Probably, yeah. I mean, they better have good lawyers at FSU. Um, I would presume that this was not done. I still think we're a couple years away from this. I really, I I know it feels like it might happen right now. I don't think it's happening in the next two weeks. I think though, to Cobb. The point that Cobb just made a little bit earlier, I think the one thing we always forget about with realignment, expansion, or as Mark said, let's just call it what it is, consolidation. Like that's just it's like corporate America now. Everything's just consolidating into bigger things to try and, you know, make more money. It usually goes really slow, nothing happens, and then a ton happens Whoa. like all at once. It's almost like they've been on vacation since the end of like May. And then they got back like August one. They're like, "All right, I guess we got to start doing this now." Yeah, well, it, it all hinged on the Pac-12. It all hinged on the Pac-12. Klyovkov told us less than two weeks ago <laughs> that the, 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 the media rights deals were getting better the longer that they waited, and that everything was fine, and that there were bigger fish to fry in college sports than realignment because he had looked all of his presidents in the eyes, and everything was fine, and they were going to move forward together, right? And you know, I think one thing that struck me today that has been overlooked is uh, Dan Wetzel at Yahoo in his column that he had today first suggesting the Big Ten was looking at some of these Pac-12 schools. He put a dollar figure on the amount that those Pac-12 schools were presented yesterday, and he put it at $20 million, which is slightly less uh, per school than they currently make. 
And this this deal was supposed to put them on, on par with the Big Twelve, which is like thirty two million. Uh, so it's just it's just there's no way. Well, well and, but if and, they and sell Cobb, enough subscriptions, no, Cobb. No, 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 this is what I think was even better. If you also at Yahoo Sports read Ross Dellinger's story from last night, George Klyavkov started the bidding for the for the Pac twelve media rights at fifty million. Yeah. No, but now instead he got a deal. You know, like when you were in school and you'd sell fruit for like whatever organ. You know, if you like were in the band, we or did. You were on we a would team, sell. We would sell little candy Caesar, bars. We'd or, sell little Caesar's pizza for yeah. for a, yeah, a if nice. If you sell more little Caesar's pizzas, or in this case, Apple TV Plus subscription, you get a bigger prize. Which, by the way, what a great deal to present to a bunch of presidents that have PTSD from going. The whole reason we're in this stupid situation is we tried to sell subscriptions and we couldn't do it. Right. Well, you know, Lionel Messi thinks that he can sell Apple TV subscriptions. And, and I will say, Little Caesars is, is underpriced. Like, the fact that Little Caesars is still only $5. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's where you sit there and you go, like, it's not the greatest pizza, but for $5 pizza? Well, it's like, fine. Were we getting ripped off in high school, or are we getting that good of a deal today? Like, I don't yeah, understand. I, you know I mean, like, everything has gone up, like, twice mm-hmm. from when we were in high school. And it's still hot and ready, there. still five bucks, baby. <laughs> yeah, and, and then you get the Italian cheese bread. Mm. I don't know how this good. turned into that. Can uh, we get a little Caesars well, in it? In- well, I, I think I we were talking about the things that you sell. Also, this is just getting me ready for football Sundays. Just <laughs> I'm making my wing trip, my wing trip, and then getting a little hot and ready just for just some extra flavors you on the s- side. Oh, so you're, you'll if you even oh, today you'll get a hot and ready, even though finances aren't really an issue. For oh, hundred percent. Your pizza, yeah, because it's it's convenient. Okay, because right. I've i kind of view it more as like a college pizza. No, uh, it's certainly or I like mean, a kid pizza. Listen, this is when you're gonna sit on your ass for ten hours and watch football. Like you're mm. not you're destroying your body. Like you, okay. you're not. This isn't like why, why spend a bunch of money? Right, on I'm it. not going yeah. to get good pizza. I wanted to go back though, Cobb, because I was thinking about this. Oh yes, we're getting more good stuff uh, out of this. Drew Weatherford. Yeah, the fo- he's apparently a board of trustee member. The former is this quarterback. the coach or the quarterback? The quarterback. Okay. Uh, it's not a matter of if we leave, in my opinion. It's when we leave. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm I'm just of the mind, Cobb, that this is happening sooner rather than later. Like, does this mean like I can envision a world where this goes through like they don't they don't announce anything on the fifteenth and this is hanging over their heads this season. But I think this is the doomsday scenario for Jim Phillips, ACC commissioner, because it seemed to me all along his game plan was Stall, stall, stall. Hope to God the NBC money runs out with Notre Dame and Notre Dame was contractually confined to going to the ACC, open up renegotiation, and that was his path. But now, like, this is, to me, like, this is the doomsday scenario because everyone else's actions, to me, implies that college administrators think that NBC and Notre Dame are going to get that deal done. Yeah, I just at the end of the day, where, where is Florida State going and how are they getting there? Those are the two questions to me that have to be answered. In uh, all the this. SEC and court. The, the, the SEC has made it so clear, though, Greg Sankey. I'm not saying uh, more er, cop publicly. They've made it clear publicly. Yeah, Florida State and Clemson, I think, would make be very logical, sensical. Geographically aligned, and um, you open up the door for you open up the door for every rich guy at that SEC office's wet dream. Yeah, Cobb, we're Florida. open. No, Virginia and North Carolina. Well, there you go. I mean, they've got SEC network already in Charlotte. I mean, mm-hmm. it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense. 
uh, all the way around, but it, it, are they value additive? I think if you're Greg Sankey and you're kind of sitting in a position of power here, that's the question you're asking yourself or you're asking the people who, who write up uh, estimates and projections for you. Does adding Florida State, when you already have a, a foothold in the, in the state of Florida, uh, really bring additional value to your conference? Uh, from a financial standpoint, I'm not convinced. They're a huge brand, don't get me wrong, but like from a money standpoint, does it, does it make sense? I think, I think Greg Sankey is ruthless in calculating. He's not in the business of throwing out lifeboats to people, uh, and it's ultimately going to be up to him whether or not they open the door uh, for Florida State and Clemson. I, th- I, I hear you, and I think it in the world that we exist in right now, I think there's a legitimate case to be made for that. I think the problem is that's not the world that they're oper- like that's not the world that they're envisioning. I think the world that they're envisioning is we're getting closer and closer to where now like it's just become This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 